Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. His mission is to help others design fulfilling lives, maximize their own unique potential and build online businesses they love on their own terms. He has a powerful combination of technical expertise and business acumen, and he specializes in peak performance, productivity, organizational design, and individual team and business optimization. He leads a team at Next Level Universe and has given hundreds of trainings all over the world, and he's happily completed thousands of one-on-one coaching calls with clients. So let's welcome Alan Lazarus. How are you doing today, Alan? I'm good, Victor. Thank you for having me. And that was a hell of an intro. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you on, Alan. So I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Okay, so I'll try to give you the short version. So uh started out with a, a rough beginning. So when I was two years old, my father passed away in a car accident when he was 28. And I had a stepfather from age three to 14. And when I was 14, my stepfather left our family. So we went from kind of like upper middle class doing really well to I didn't know how I was going to go to college because my mom's income was so low and I got free lunch at school. You know, we went from like really well off. He he got the yacht in the apartment building. We got the home and the dog. And my sister had moved out at that point. She was older than me. And it was kind of me, 14 years old, sort of man of the house type of thing not really knowing how I was going to even go to college. And my dream at the time was to go to a a school called Worcester Polytechnic Institute. It's kind of like a mini MIT. It's a a very, very prestigious tech school. And I didn't know how I was going to go because we didn't have any money or we didn't have enough money, I should say. It's a very expensive school. And so I did really, really work hard in high school to get financial aid and to get scholarships. And I got straight A's in high school, worked really hard to try to get uh, as much help as I could to go to school. I got into my dream school and I went and I became a computer engineer and I went and stayed for my master's in business administration. And then I, I after that, went into the, the corporate scene. And in the corporate scene, I worked for a bunch of different tech companies. One was called Tyco Safety Products, which is now Simplex Grinnell. One of them is called Sensata Technologies. I worked for a company called iRobot. The, a lot of people know the Roomba. And I actually worked on that team, that product development team. And I actually lived in LA for a time. And eventually I landed at a company called Cognex. So Cognex is an industrial automation equipment company that does machine vision. So they sell machine vision into manufacturing facilities. For those of you who don't know what machine vision is, it's kind of like the eyes of robots. So picture robots on a robots on a manufacturing line. And there's cameras that help the robots guide the robots on where they pick and place things and stuff like that. So at this stage, I'm in my early 20s. I paid off all of my college debt. I paid off $84,000 worth of debt in a single year. And I'm making almost $200,000 a year at this point. And I'm doing very, very well financially, but I'm not taking great care of my health and I'm certainly not fulfilled. So how did I become an entrepreneur? So I was 26 years old. I was in New Hampshire with my little cousin and I ended up getting in a really tough car accident that I thought I was going to die in essentially. And I ended up on the wrong side of the road. I saw these big bright lights and I thought it was a Mack truck. 
So it was not a Mack truck. I was supposed to yield and didn't. I was on the wrong side of the road. I was in the wrong, but ended up being a lift kitted pickup truck and it hit us head on and the airbags did deploy. And my cousin and I were physically okay. But remember, I'm 26 at the time and my father passed away when he was 28 in a car accident. And so I've seen pictures of my dad's car and I, the pictures of my car didn't look very different. So while we were physically okay, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was really messed up by this. And that's how I became an entrepreneur because after that, I just questioned my life. I questioned everything. I had a lot of regrets and I, I wasn't proud of the man I became and I wasn't proud of my choices and I knew I drink too much and too often. And I, I just kind of fell for that achievement at the expense of fulfillment rather than you know, it's kind of like achievement from the outside in instead of achievement from the inside out. And so after that, I flipped the script, became an entrepreneur, started a business called Alan Lazarus LLC. And the tagline was what you'll never learn in school, but desperately need to know. And then I started a podcast called Conversations Change Lives. And I partnered up with my business partner now at the time. Uh, he had a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And then we uh, teamed up and had the worst name of any podcast ever, which was the conversations change lives meets hyperconscious podcast. And then we had to uh, choose one of those names. We stuck with hyperconscious and we were off to the races. And then we rebranded to what is now next level university. And now we have a flourishing business that's global. We have a 20 person team. We've got a podcast production company. We've got uh, a social media agency. We've got I do business coaching. He is doing podcast coaching and we've got 23 departments. We've got our own charity now and it's really become and grown into something so magnificent, but the same, it's the same core as it originally had, which is what you'll never learn in school, but desperately need to know. And that's still what I'm doing today. Awesome. No, thanks for sharing that. Definitely. Uh, you went through a lot in your life. You know, started off with your dad died at the age when you were two years old. He was 28 at the time. And you had a stepfather for the next 12 years. And then unfortunately for your family, he left the family. And when before that, you were doing pretty well. You acting, so you were upper middle class. But when he left, everything went down well because he took most of the money. Your mom was struggling to pay bills and your sister left. She moved out. So it was really tough. So you worked very hard in school because you wanted to go to Worcester Polytechnic. And eventually you did get in. You became a computer engineer, got your MBA, and then you worked in the corporate world working for a bunch of different tech companies. And, uh, and financially you're doing well. You, know, you, one year you paid off 84,000 in your, in your debt, which is really rare. So obviously you're doing really well. You're making 200 K a year, but, um, you weren't doing some of the smart things. You weren't taking care of your health. You weren't being fulfilled. You weren't happy. Um, you used the phrase, you were achievement at the expense of fulfillment. You, you weren't being fulfilled, even though you are achieving a lot. And then when you were 26, just a couple years younger than your dad was when he died, you got into a car accident in New Hampshire. Luckily, the airbags deployed in you, and you guys were physically okay but not psychologically you know you were you're messed up because i think you said the picture showed it was similar to the way the car looked when your dad died in the car accident so it really took a toll on you psychologically and people don't realize psychological mental damage can take a huge toll on someone and so you were you were looking over all your choices you were drinking too much regrets and all you you, you took stock you life. you said you needed to change things so um you left the corporate world and that's when you became an entrepreneur. You started your own company. You did a whole bunch of things. Uh, and you started 
bunch of podcasts. We've changed several names, and now it's the Next Level Universe uh, podcast with you and your partner. It's global. It's got 20 people, a bunch of different departments, and you have your own charity. So I think you come, I mean, it's uh, you come along with case. You might tell me how many years has it been since the car accident and since you went off on your own? Because obviously it's, you, you've, you, you've done a lot since then. Oh, thank you. It's been nine years. Yeah. Wow. So I was 26 at the time. I'm now 35, even though I look 15. <laughs> All right. So, so I guess one of the things that's important to you, it seems like, you know, personal development, self-improvement, trying to improve yourself, fulfilling yourself. So I assume that's probably important to you. So you talk about like why, you know, that's become such an important part of your focus, your career, your life. And why you feel it's important for other people as well when they want to own their own business, for example? Yeah, I think the the root of that question, I think, comes down to a lot of us are trying to appear successful from the outside in rather than actually be successful from the inside out. And And what I mean when I say successful is aligned with who you are. And I think fulfillment is a byproduct of being aligned with who you are, being aligned with your core aspirations, core values, and core beliefs. And, and, and rather than just some phrase, you know, ask yourself the question of, are my goals what I really want or just what I think I want? Or maybe it's what my parents wanted for me. Are my core, what are my core values? What do I value most? Right. Do I care about cars? Do I care about fitness? What do I, and, and when you get to know yourself, you can build a life that's designed in alignment with that versus kind of allowing society and the world to kind of tell you who and what you should be. And so me as a, an American male, you know, you, you are told, well, engineers make a lot of money. You're good at math. You should be an engineer. And I do think I have a natural engineering brain. I I've always loved math and science, but you know, that's not enough of a, synopsis to make a, a career and a life decision off of. So so I think it comes down to, to answer your original question, you, you have to ask the tough questions and, and ask, what is fulfilling to me? Am I fulfilled right now? If not, why not? You know, are my goals what I really want in life? Am, am I designing a life I love? And that doesn't mean you're going to love every second of it. You know, do you want to be an entrepreneur? Is Is being an entrepreneur what's actually best for you? And at the end of the day, as cliche as it sounds, you only get one life and you need to ask these tough questions now. And unfortunately, it took a really tough car accident for me to start asking some of these questions. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of your life? What do you stand for? What are your core values? Why are you here? You know, what means the most to you? Because I think at the end of the day, a lot of us are chasing an easy life, but what we really want deep, deep, deep down is a deeply meaningful life. And meaning rarely comes from easy. And so I personally think life is inherently difficult. I certainly was uh, grew up in a very difficult situation. You know, father passed away, stepfather left. In many ways, lost three families by the time I'm 14 because uh, we didn't talk to my birth father's family much. And then my stepdad took his family with him, and then my mom and her aunt, uh, my aunt, had a pretty bad falling out. So by the time I'm 14 years old, I I kind of lost three different families, and I didn't know any of this until I was in my 30s and started doing therapy and really reflecting on it. Back then, I didn't know any different. But fulfillment is everything, and success should be 
in alignment with what fulfills you. Otherwise, it's just going to make you feel more and more and more empty. And so hopefully everyone can live from the inside out and not from the outside in. I think that's probably the the best way to describe it. Yeah. So let's start with the last thing you said. Success has to be in line with what fulfills you because it's going to be empty otherwise. And, you know, it's only one of the things Sunrise often likes to say is success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure because it's what you said. It's empty. It's not really what's fulfilling you. So if, if it's you're getting that, that, that superficial success, but it's not fulfilling you, you're not really, uh, it's an empty life, which you're not going to be happy with. So I definitely like what you shared there. And you mentioned a lot of people try to be successful. You know, they're looking at the outside in instead of the other way around. And, you know, that's why it's important to be aligned with your core beliefs. You know, are your goals what you want? Or very often, they're, you, in many cases, they're what others want for you, whether it's your parents, society, you know, whatever. It's like, you should be doing this. But it's not very often, it's not what we want to do. And um, so I guess one important thing is having that self-awareness of what you want. And very often, I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. And you mentioned some of the questions you need to ask. You know, why are you here? What means the most to you? You know, you know, the, having, why having that meaningful life? And you mentioned that it doesn't come easy. You shared the fact by the time you were 14, you lost three families, but you didn't understand that until you were in your early 30s. So those things, I'm sure, had a great effect on you. And I guess probably... A lot of it was subconscious. You weren't even aware of how, how he was like possibly sabotaging you at times. Um, that's what I'm guessing. Would you say that was, that was it? Because there are probably things you went through and you weren't realized because it was subconscious. Maybe is it possible you were repressing some of these things because you weren't aware of it? Yeah, definitely. So as you get older and older and older, you know, you hopefully are reflecting back. I try to rewatch the movie of my life every year. So I just turned 35 in November and I, I proverbially, metaphorically, and literally rewatched the movie of my own life. I have a, a really strong memory. There's a couple things I've, I've blocked out, but it's kind of like uh, I use Finding Nemo as an example. Finding Nemo is a great movie when you're a kid, but it's also a great movie when you're an adult. And uh, I remember when Finding Nemo came out, I think it was 2004 or something like that. And I rode my bike to the movies because uh, I didn't have my license yet. And... I can watch that movie now and it's still just as good, if not better. And I understand it more. There's nuances that I didn't understand as a kid. And I think the same thing happens with your life. So I always recommend to all my clients and to our listeners and all that, rewatch the movie of your own life back from a higher sense of awareness. It's like an adult watching The Lion King versus a kid. You're going to notice things you didn't notice before. You're going you're gonna to get distinctions you didn't have before. And that's really the only way to get to know yourself anyway, because there's so many lessons in there. There's so much to learn about yourself when you reflect on your past and you ask the right questions. You know, here's one, give you a great question. Uh, I do this all the time with my clients. What was true about you 10 years ago that's also going to be true 10 years from now? For me, an answer just to lead by example here. I've always been super future oriented. A lot of people talk about the present and being the president and blah, blah, blah. And I, I see you, I get it. You got to be present at times, but I'm big on the future. I feel like if you're excited for a bigger, better, brighter future, I just think you're hopeful and you're confident and you're, you're just, you're the opposite of nihilistic. Nihilistic is hopeless and directionless. And you think the best is in the past. I think optimism and future orientation is amazing. So I've ever since I was a kid, I was always super optimistic about the future, even when the present was awful. 
And so that's something about me that's never changed, probably is never going to change. And I don't even know if it should change. And it all comes from that question of what about me was true 10 years ago that will be true 10 years from now. And I often say this, don't design your life around short-term stuff. If you're going to design a life, design it around the stuff that's always been true, that's always going to be true. I've always adored getting better. I've always adored coaching people. I've always adored improvement. I've always adored the future and having a bigger, better, brighter future and helping people talk about their careers and perfect their careers and design their life. I've always been so existential. And if that's never going to change, why not design a career around it? Why not design my life around it? Why not design my business around it? And that's what happens. You know, if you love film and you've always loved film, maybe you should be a director. Maybe you should be an actor. Maybe you should be an actress. Maybe you should be a costume designer. When you learn about yourself and the things about you that are never going to change, the things that are the truest about you, you can design your life around that rather than, you know what, I think I'm going to start a TikTok because TikTok's big right now. I think that's a giant mistake. Trends and fads are going to come and go, but who you are is going to be a through line through the rest of your life. And you can really build a magnificent life with that. I like the last part, trends fast coming up, but who you are, it will will last. And you mentioned that you love to watch the movie of your own life. You do it every single year. You recommend people do it as well with their own lives. Reflect on the past and ask the right questions. And asking the right questions is very important. Very often, the questions we ask are the wrong ones, and they don't give us the answers that we want. And and you share one of the questions you like to ask people, you know, your clients is, what was true 10 years ago that will be true 10 years from now? And you mentioned, you know, the think of the long term. Don't design your your life about uh, around short term stuff. So I really like that. Uh, another thing I want to ask you about is because it seems like overall you take a uh, a holistic approach to self improvement, which is uh, some people don't. A lot of people, you know, you do it holistic. You you focus on health, wealth, and love, and other things. Other people just focus on one. Why do you recommend taking a more holistic approach instead of just focus on one thing? I've seen uh, too many people that are healthy, you know, and wealthy, but not in love or people that are in love and wealthy, but not healthy or vice versa. And I just, I've had dozens of mentors and coaches in my life and particularly mentors. And I remember, I mean, some of them are multimillionaires. Some of them are CEOs of tech companies and robot companies and all all kinds of cool stuff. And that's all great, but they took their health for granted. They aren't in shape. Sometimes they take better care of their Porsche or their Ferrari than they do their own family. And I just didn't want anything to do with that. I I looked around and I saw people who were narrowly successful. They were successful in a narrow area. And for me, it just never made sense. It never made sense. I I was on your Instagram uh, earlier researching this this podcast and I saw that you listen to or uh, read John Maxwell books as well. And this is nothing against John. I, I think John's a great writer, great man. He's done so many good things in the world. But it is alarming that he wrote a book behind me called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, but yet he never took his fitness seriously. And for me, that just never clicked. It never will. But again, like I tell my clients, you know, my client will be like, well, it bothers me that people don't recycle. It's like, it's supposed to bother you. It's your calling to help the environment. That's your calling. The things that bother you are supposed to bother you. So for me, it's always bothered me when someone had a terrible relationship and a terrible body, but they were super wealthy. 
And I became one of those. I, I, I wasn't taking my health and fitness seriously. I, I wasn't maximizing my potential. My relationship was decent, but not great. But I was super, you know, I was, I was a top 1% earner globally, globally. And I just couldn't have it. And so that's why I focus holistic because I think that fulfillment comes from holistic success. It doesn't come from any one narrow area. You're not going to be fulfilled if you're only good at one thing, but your career should be kind of designed around one or two or maybe three important skills. And uh, I think that's the duality that we all have to hold. And duality would be a last thing I'd comment on, which is duality is holding two seemingly opposing ideas in your consciousness simultaneously. And I think that that's really, really critical when it comes to holistic. Can you be healthy, wealthy, and in love? Can you be healthier, wealthier, and more in love? And and can you design a life that's consistently checking in on those three areas that really matter? And just to dev- define them real quick, health is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Wealth is how you make your money, how much you actually make, and then what do you do with it? Where do you invest it? And then love is friends, family, intimate relationship, clients, colleagues, mentors, mentees, all relationships. And so I do this little assessment with everybody, you know, at the end of the year, uh, we're going into 2024. I call it 2024 priority setting. And I do this with all my clients, all my team members. And it's, it's essentially a, a triangle and there's three circles in each corner of the triangle. And it's like a, a Venn diagram of all Venn diagrams. And in the bottom left, it, it, it's health slash fitness. And so what are your top three priorities in health slash fitness? And then in the top, you've got wealth slash career. And what are your top three priorities for 2024 in wealth slash career? And then the bottom right, it's love slash relationships. And then what are the top three priorities in 2024 for those? And that's holistic. And it's kind of like a tripod. If any one of those falls, the whole thing falls. Uh, Thanks for sharing that. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, I think people will focus too much on one or two areas, but they're doing well in that area, but they're suffering in other areas. And you shared your own example from your own life. You were doing really well financially, you making a lot of money, but your health was suffering big time and your relationship wasn't as great as it should have been. So you realize that things could be better. So when all those fields are doing well, you have a happier, more fulfilling life. And, you know, you said you've seen other people, again, they only focus on one or two things and they're miserable in the other ones and they're suffering and even some of your clients. So I agree, taking a holistic approach to every to, to your life you'll definitely be happier, more fulfilled. So definitely some good stuff here. So um, yeah, um, so now you, well, I'd like to ask you to talk, uh, something you talk about a lot. It's called peak performance. Can you tell us what it is and why is it is so important? And also, how can the, the people listening to this program practice peak performance? Peak performance is this idea of getting to the top of the mountain. And it's this idea that I think is, the uh, if you've ever studied game theory at all, there's infinite games and finite games. Uh, a finite game is like playing a game of chess. An infinite game is becoming the best chess player you can be. So peak performance is kind of that same duality. It's, did you perform at your optimal peak today? AKA, did you do the best you can do? Did you do all you can with all you have? Knowing that tomorrow that's going to be even better. Because you can improve, you can learn, you can grow, you can get better. So, you know, five push-ups today, seven tomorrow, 10 the next day, that kind of thing. And so peak performance is this duality between 
getting better and better and better and better and better at what you do each day, knowing you'll never actually be perfect and knowing it's, it's perfecting everything you can, knowing nothing's ever perfect. And it's, it's living in that sort of duality. And so, yeah, peak performance to me means maximizing your potential each day in, in the areas you value most toward the goals you you value most and holistically as well, holistically. Mm-hmm. Okay, now thanks for explaining that. Um, you know, you, you gave the infinite and finite gains. You know, the infinite is you know, doing your becoming the best chess player that you can't possibly be every single day. And, and it sounds like every day you got to do your best. It's think it's the Japanese or Kaizen constant, never ever, never ending improvement. Just doing the best you can every single day, knowing you're never going to achieve perfection, but you're going to get better and better, giving your best and. The truth is very few people actually do that. There's always some reason why they don't always give their best. So I think that's something definitely good to focus on. And 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 and, and, it's, and it's good you mentioned I realize you never be perfect. So I think sometimes there are people who are perfectionists. I mean, unless they do everything perfectly, they don't take action on it and then nothing gets done. So mm. do the best that you can. Realize it's never going to be perfect, but you're going to get better at it. And because um, that'll make you avoid uh, procrastination. So the last thing I want to ask you about is, you know, a lot of times, because uh, especially in this day and age, people have a lot of stuff going on. They sometimes get overwhelmed and it just gets the best of them. How, how does a person handle, you know, the, the overwhelm and not let it get the best of them? Overwhelm. Uh, the first thing to realize, I think, in in the the light of peak performance to your last question is, if you are trying to maximize your potential, if you are trying to maximize your greatest level of contribution, if you are trying to really do all you can with all you have, you have to understand that you're going to be overwhelmed. I call it aligned overwhelm. Uh, my business partner, Kevin, calls it privileged pressure. I, you interviewed Kevin. I actually listened to some of it. It was really good. Uh, but anyways, so whether it's aligned overwhelm or privileged pressure, there the challenge of life the challenge of achieving goals is actually what's growing you. So, so like I said in the beginning, is wanting things to be easy, I think, is not only impossible um, if you're trying to achieve great things, but also fairly ignorant because the training ground you need is always difficult in order to grow into the person that you're proud of. And so that's what that is. But when it comes to the unnecessary overwhelm, that's the two categories I would say. Aligned overwhelm is good. I, I'm very overwhelmed. I have a 20-person team. We have 55 podcasts that we produce. We have uh, I have 20, uh, 18, actually 18 business coaching clients. And then we have 10 group coaching members. And, and I have a 20-person team. I think I already said that, 23 departments. So I'm overwhelmed. I'm the CEO and the CFO and I'm behind and I'm overwhelmed. But it's aligned overwhelm. It's chosen overwhelm. It's, it's the overwhelm that at one point I wished for. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you this. It is the holidays. I thought December was going to be easy peasy. And my calendar is super stretched right now. And I told Emilia, my, my beautiful girlfriend and my future wife, I said, sweetheart, I thought by now it was going to cool it. Like this is different than last year. There's, and I said, but I'm grateful. There's more demand. I've created more demand. I have more people reaching out. I have more clients. I have more customers. I have more team members. I'm grateful for it. So I'm overwhelmed, but that's aligned overwhelm. 
The second kind of overwhelm is the overwhelm you don't want, which is just the nonsense, the distractions, the TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and emails and all the stuff that just inundates you and it bogs you down and it's not fulfilling. And it's, you know why it's not fulfilling? It's not meaningful. It's trivial. It's not meaningful. It's drama. It's trauma. It's nonsense. And I always say, just try your best to sail away from nonsense. It's it's really important to to sail away from drama and to try your best to cultivate a life where you're, yeah, you're overwhelmed, but it's the privileged overwhelm. It's the aligned overwhelm. It's the overwhelm that you once wished for. And it's the inevitable overwhelm that comes from taking on responsibility to get to the results that you want in life. Uh, definitely, definitely some good stuff, Sarah. I didn't realize uh, you and Kevin work together. So that's really awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's my business partner. So uh, cool. Um, yes, yeah, so I like that. Uh, I like that explanation of a line overwhelm, which is also he calls privilege pressure uh, versus unnecessary overwhelm. A line overwhelm is good. You know, like you have a lot of things going on being the CEO, CFO, but it's good. It's it's what you want. It's align what you're doing. It's aligned with your business, uh, as opposed to the unnecessary overwhelm, which is you know. You know, going on TikTok, all these distracting things that are not meaningful. It's a lot of stuff that's just annoying and doesn't really add to it. It, it just adds to drama. It's a lot of nonsense. So that's the kind of overwhelm you want to avoid. So you want to get away from that and focus on the aligned overwhelm. So I definitely like that. Now, so again, it's toward the end of our interview. Are there any last minute pieces of advice you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, last minute pieces of advice would be Fulfillment is the soul's recognition of alignment with its highest self. I think fulfillment comes from growth, impact, and profitability. Growth meaning maximizing your own unique potential. Unique is the key word there. Contribution is purpose. It's what are you doing to serve others with your passions and your talents. And then the third thing is quality of life. In this case, profitability, which is time, freedom, uh, Designing your own schedule, making enough money to where you can do the things that you want to do in the amounts you want to do them and 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 overall your quality of life. So for example, I'm very blessed, uh, very grateful this year, Emilia and I have a housekeeper, comes every other week. In my early entrepreneurial journey, we could not afford that. And so now that's just great. It's awesome. It's great quality of life. I get to do more of what I love and this housekeeper loves what she does and she's amazing at it. She's got great standards. So Cleoji, she's great. But my point is, is that if you are maximizing your own unique potential, if you are maximizing your greatest level of contribution and profiting from that, then you can improve the quality of your life. And I think fulfillment is at the epicenter of those things, but it's all going to be unique to you. So don't let anyone else tell you what choices you should make. And that's what I'll end with, which is you have a spotless future no matter how bad your past was. And from this moment on, you can make new choices. And I think you have a responsibility to make choices that are in alignment with what's going to fulfill you because fulfilled people don't hurt other people. Fulfilled people is what we need more of. So that's that's what I would end with. Uh, fulfilled, pe- fulfilled people don't hurt other people. No, that's a great way to end this interview. That, that, you know, that things, the last two minutes, really good stuff here. Alan, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you on. You share a lot of great wisdom, a lot of great tips. And I know the people that are listening to the show definitely learned a lot from all the great stuff that you shared. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nextleveluniverse.com. All of our stuff, we have a full website there. It's nextleveluniverse.com. We also have a podcast called Next Level University. 
So it's university though, not universe. Uh, the person who has nextleveluniversity.com is asking for way more money than we are willing to pay. Uh, and then you can also email me, alan at nextleveluniverse.com. The key is the podcast is university. The website and my email are nextleveluniverse. Awesome. Thanks again, Alan. Have yourself a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.